Hi and welcome to the About Her show. I am Sangeeta Velen, an educationist, a writer and a lifelong learner. I also run an e-magazine for women. This podcast is about trailblazing women and their journeys. Women who have broken many a barrier, many a stereotype to realize their potential. If they can do it, so can you. Although fate and destiny may have some influence on our lives, it is our actions that truly shape our journey. We assume control of our lives and take responsibility for our choices by how we act. Our actions are a reflection of who we are as individuals, which is largely determined by our upbringing and cultural background. Our guest this week, Sri Priya Venkataraman, firmly believes that your culture makes you unique regardless of where you are. She thinks you should leverage your cultural practices to create your niche and establish your identity. Sri Priya emphasizes the importance of relying on yourself and your roots to bring about the change you want. Let's talk to her and understand how, while living in Singapore, she has made her place and established her identity. Hi, Sri Priya, and uh, welcome to the series of conversations where, uh, as I have told you, we uh, speak to women achievers who we call women trailblazers. Uh, we want them to share the story of their lives with us, to tell us about their journey, the work that they do, the ups and downs, challenges, everything about their life so that other women who are listening in can get inspired mm-hmm. and motivated to you know, break out of whatever is holding them back, whether it's a barrier, stereotype, whatever it is, and try and realize their potential, follow their dream. Uh, and eventually, we want to build a community of women who are there to support, empower, and mentor each other. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sangeeta. And I just love the idea of you know the words inspiration, motivation. They're all very close to my heart, so I'm very happy to be here. Great, great, great. Okay, so uh, just as an icebreaker, tell us a little bit about your early life, your childhood. Okay, so let me just put it, I mean, there's always a lot of stories to say, but let me just start off that, um, you know, there are a few words that define my upbringing and uh, where, where I am today. And so the words I would call out are basically culture, mm-hmm. arts, um service and fearless conversations those were four defining uh, words of my childhood and I'll, I have a little bit of context and background to each one of them so okay. uh, I would say that uh, uh, you know when I was growing up I think I grew up with my grandparents so uh, that was a, a very important and beautiful face because uh, I mean although everybody will have parents and grandparents my father and mother were always in a you know transferable jobs and so we were always with our grandparents so one thing I learned a lot about was deep cultural practices um, impo- giving importance to one's roots that's what I learned from my grandmother mm-hmm. and so there was so many different cultural activities uh, coming from a very traditional conservative South Indian background. So the lots of culture and activities that were, uh, you know, groomed and, you know, performed in the house. So I always kind of uh, thought that kind of brought joy to me when I saw all the color and a lot of, uh, you know, religious gatherings and all of that brought joy to me. And so I cherish that even today. And I, I see myself 
with deep involvement in that even today. And then the other aspect of service orientation came from my grandfather, because although he was an engineer, uh, he was I always saw him come back from work. And then there was a whole host of people uh, coming to meet him from different stratas of society. And they would always want him to come take guidance from him, help. Uh, and he would help them win legal battles and kind of being that, uh, you know, helping them steer through some of the life's challenges. And these would be people from you know, extreme low walks of life to his friends and uh, family, they would all come and kind of ask him for guidance and he would do that. And so I always thought, oh, wow, that's always nice to see one side. I saw a lot of culture. One side, I saw a lot of service and inclusivity. So hmm. those became, uh, you know, they were kind of ingrained in me. Okay. And uh, then, of course, uh, I think uh, my father's a lawyer. So uh, you know, your conversations were never really without an argument in our in our house. So <laughs> we would always have the ability to speak up, and we were not really asked to keep quiet. Although we may be, you know, that comes from a generation where he may look at us for speaking up, but he never said don't speak up. So I think uh, uh, one side he was a lawyer, but one side he was also a poet. So he, I think, that sense of creativity also came for uh, came to me from um, from from that side. And okay. I think I've always seen my mother as a very as a social entrepreneur, right? From whatever I remember of her, I would remember even uh, the little bit of uh, the road cleaner coming in and asking for my mother to you know to have a conversation and then walking out. And so I've always seen that she's always very connected to the ecosystems that she's part of. So I've uh, and she was very instrumental in. Uh, in putting me in, in, you know, kind of pushing me and understanding that, uh, you know, the background in dance that I have, I've been a classical Indian dancer for over 38 years now. So mm -hmm. I think, that, uh, I think she uh, kind of motivated me to get into that. So I think uh, uh, that's why I said the words culture, arts, service and uh, fearless con conversations. They mm -hmm. are the words that I kind of remember from my childhood, Sangeeta. Okay, great, great. Very, very interesting. So tell me, uh, as you were growing up, uh, you must have had some aspirations, some ambitions, some dreams. So having a career was one of them? Um, yes, I think so. I, I mean, because let me tell you, I had a very major life accident, I would say, when I was 19 years old. And this was a road accident. And mm -hmm. I was pulled out uh, of a of, of a of a, of a tuk-tuk or an auto. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the, it had multiple, uh, I would say, uh, like a typical James Bond movie. It went all over and I was oh, dragged in the road and it was oh. a very horrible uh, uh, accident. But what I, and I, I don't know, today I'm happy that I'm sitting and speaking in front of you. But yeah. what, what that taught me was that, uh, you know, and what I heard from everybody who came and who saw me right from the moment I bounced out of that big drag in the road was, mm -hmm. hey, your life is spared for a larger purpose. Mm -hmm. So that, uh, that anybody who came and it took a year long, uh, I, I remember it was 1998 um, and uh, somewhere in August and it took almost till 1999, February or something to kind of even really recover with multiple rounds of surgeries and this and that. But 
uh, every time that kind of said, oh, wow, you've been spared. So everywhere I turned, I saw my hand with all the bandages. I know, oh my God, I'm walking for, I mean, I'm able to walk for a larger purpose. Or you see a completely damaged face and you're like, oh my God, you're a dancer and your face is completely damaged because of the, uh, you know, the hot sun that you get the burns on your face when you're dragged yeah. in the road at rock in the summer afternoon, right? So uh, it kind of made me remember that, hey, your life is spared for a larger purpose, but the recovery out of the accident was also, uh, did not happen in a unidimensional way. So there was always an integrated approach. So, you know, every form of medication worked and Ayurveda worked or a typical Western medicine worked. And then there were people giving me spirituality and you know, a lot of things. So uh, ultimately the recovery happened only through an integrated lens and or an approach so I don't think I would have come out of it successfully had I just looked at it as just a medical intervention that will say that will get you out right you needed a lot of emotional interventions to keep get you out as well so okay. all of this kind of said look I mean there's so much and so I wanted to go and figure out what really you know uh, was that purpose so if because everybody said your life has been spared and it's fantastic it's great it's God's grace and things like that and yeah. then I like Wow, what is that thing? And I kind of slowly started recognizing that what did I do that was different? So I, from, from that 19, 18, 19 years where I met with this accident, I started recognizing that, oh, wow, what was it that I could do that kind of brought out something in another person or did something new? So I always felt that I could identify um, people's potential. Okay. And I would motivate them to, I remember that uh, the I was supposed to take, uh, I was an engineering uh, student, but dropped out of engineering and moved to business administration. So at okay. that time, and when this accident happened, I was supposed to take a paper in financial and management accounting in my second year of business administration. But yeah. I had absolutely no clues because I was a science student. So and then I had to uh, you know, find somebody to help me, instruct me to understand the basics of even, you know, finance and, you know, the balance sheets and everything to even take up a university exam. And then when I, when there was this uh, couple of people who were helping me do it, um, I identified that they were much more than just uh, tutors. They could have, they had, so right from that time, I kind of motivated them and they today have, uh, you know, great careers in some of the world's largest MNCs from being just uh, um, an accounts tutor. So what I saw was that the potential to kind of see something hidden in people and kind of motivate them to go there. That was something I saw as a strength. At that time, I I thought I nagged people that they they never, they, <laughs> they just had to had more potential. Why are you wasting your time? But in the due course today, being an executive coach, a leadership development professional, um, and with a, with a couple of organizations that we have, I, I I mean, it has helped me to nudge people in the right direction, right? So from yeah. being that nag without any direction saying, oh, yeah, there's something you see and you want to motivate people to get, get somewhere else from point A to point B in life. And mm. you did it in a very... Uh, raw fashion like okay just tell them that they have something more and do it to helping them realize their own potential right that has been a journey and I think um, recognizing that is a purpose and kind of you know building that congruence has kind of evolved the career path so I realized that my life is spared for a larger purpose and I should do something meaningful with it and it shouldn't be and I didn't think of it as a career but a career obviously evolved Sangeeta from that yeah 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 so a little bit about what exactly you do 
So uh, I have a couple of organizations. So founder of two organizations, one, uh, both of them that found uh, where uh, I founded both with my life partner and business partner. So mm -hmm. we have one organization called Tripura Multinational that focuses on sales and sales performance. Um, and the other one is called Global Coaching Lab, where we work on, um, you know, executive coaching being the fulcrum there, then leadership okay. development, we do a lot around teaming, women, women, leadership development and a lot uh, and a lot of uh, focus on future leaders as well uh, Sangeeta so a lot of things around the ecosystem of developing leaders and other, another another organization Tripura that focuses all around building world-class sales organizations so that's what we do all around people I would say people and people development but with two different focuses one focusing on the people around the business and the other one is around the capability and talent within organizations Great, great, great. So tell me, so this path towards coaching, so you took it up and of course now you're pretty successful in what you're doing. Any uh, challenges that you faced? So, you know, you would uh, like to talk about them, you know, uh, from the point of view of someone who wants to embark on this kind of a journey and also not only as a coach per se, but as a woman coach. So both mm. these aspects I would like you to talk about. Sure. I mean, if I look at, I mean, of course, life doesn't come without its challenges. But what I rather would like to talk about, uh, Sangeeta, is the fact that um, and it was more about my inner challenges that I feel um, that I want that that uh, working on them were super important than just the external challenges that you face. I mean, every time you have to get from a point to a different point. There are some systemic challenges, but yes. if you start looking at that, then you're always looking outwards, right? But rather, the evolution for me has been um, the one of of moving away from those inner conflicts. So as a founder of these organizations, um, you know, you get very passionate about your ideas. You get carried away. And uh, sometimes you fail to see that you've got to carry people along in the journey for yeah, growth and yeah. development. Mm -hmm. So... It's not going to be a, a solopreneur journey, right? If you want to build organizations. So for me, uh, moving away from that obsession of my idea and what I wanted to do with these organizations to saying, look, how would people evolve and nourish here? How can people, you know, grow in these organizations and that we have and therefore create an impact to the world? So that inner getting getting crossing that chasm itself was a very big challenge because I remember being a very strong uh, person a person with a driver personality where you know you could become very um, obsessive with your ideas with your point of view with your uh, you, know, you know with your mental uh, you know your beliefs your mindsets but yeah. then getting across and building that unconditional positive regard that hey you need to have people to grow in the journey and there comes a point where you were working without uh, you knew it but you didn't want to recognize it but then mm -hmm. coming to you know getting crossing that path to say you know you've got to recognize it and it's important and that's where the growth begins and that's where the joy and fulfillment happens because you're seeing people uh, you know along with you grow and therefore we are able to create a larger um, you know impact outside so that that journey was with my own inner conflict from you know obsession to compassion that mm -hmm. was a 
was the was the journey of challenge that I have kind of crossed, Sangeeta. And that's what I'd like to present to people to say, look, uh, we need to, we are never going to achieve anything just by being ourselves. So, and there needs to be people along the journey. And it's important to start recognizing um, their value in that growth. Yeah, yeah. And as a woman, was there anything in particular or you don't think so? Um, well, I, I, I really personally, I have not seen any challenges because I've, I've had the trait to speak up for a, for, a, for a very long time. So I've never feared speaking up. But then there has been a few challenges, which I would call as just learning milestones. They've actually, I haven't felt like a victim. So at the end of the day, you call it a challenge when you, in, in the way you feel it, feel about it, right? So mm -hmm. if you are able to um, kind of move away from that victim mindset, and, yeah. and, I, and I think that's where the dancer in me, because I'm always looking at flow, I hate to get stuck in a place. So if I, um, the, the moment I'm, 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 I'm stuck somewhere, people will see me just walking around or doing something. And then I'll suddenly realize that I can move out of it. So yeah. it's just creating the flow, right, has actually, um, of course, thanks to my background in dance, where flow was always a part of you know evolution for a dancer yeah. but uh, that is actually kind of I'm able to see that synchronicity to the way I have uh, been able to move away from things very quickly so you don't become like a shadow victim right you can become a positive victim I would look mm -hmm. at it that okay. way okay so that's interesting that's <laughs> all right so all that's right. yes okay Okay, so tell me something, uh, of course, at work, you wear multiple hats, you're the coach, and you know, you run your organization. And then of course, you know, you're a dancer and so many other things. And of course, as a woman, there are so many roles that you have to play. And we're always juggling and trying to, you know, juggle the, all the various roles and the balls that we have. So anything that you have figured or any strategy that you use to juggle all these roles? Um. Yeah, I mean, of course, yeah, you're right. We have to juggle them. But the only thing is you don't want to drop the ball, right? You just yes, want you to don't, you don't. Yeah. On. So I think for me personally, from where I come from, I would go back to what I learned in the very early parts of my life, which is about being spiritual and being okay. cultural. Mm. I mean, those are two practices that has uh, that have actually helped me to balance uh, my life. For example, uh, there's always been talks in our house to say, hey, can we simplify our lives? Can we okay. simplify our lives this is a common conversation that I, I'm sure not only here, but in most households mm -hmm. that people would have to say, how do we, you know, there's lots of things to do. And, and then when we said, what are the list of things we should simplify? It always comes to cultural practices, not the time that we have in front of our computers or not the time <laughs> that we want for are you know all the other digital distractions that we are so nobody says simplify that but rather we say simplify let go of these practices oh this is there so let let us go let let this go so why not why should we do everything on this day so it's okay so hmm. what i've constantly seen is um, even though you're a busy professional you have all the things and there are certain things that is defined me and my roots and you know where I am today so I ensure that those practices have actually incorporating them into the daily life has actually made a very big difference to balancing as the other aspects so I know that I may be spending one hour in that but I know that if I'm not spending that one hour on that I may be in front of the computer working hmm. I mean it's that what is going to happen so I ensure that uh, being um, a little bit 
fastidious to some of the practices that I've grown up with and not letting them off your radar. I mean, mm. being conscious about it kind of has helped me balance life. So I can, so today when I come back, I can sit comfortably and I feel like, yeah, I've done some practices that have do, that defines me. And then okay. that practices that are making me happy in from the work front so I'm kind of ensuring that and it needs to be a uh, 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 it should, needs to be deliberate and intentional for everybody otherwise be easy to just let go and um, you know just get into one side which creates the imbalance right so when you talk about balance you need to ensure that a whole your holistic personality comes out and that your childhood your background your family your cultural practices your work ethics all of that needs to come in together they need to they need to fall into place together for talking about balance you can't really talk about work and life balance from just one or two aspects right to say just mm -hmm. oh, certain things that I need to do at home to achieving some things at work so what happens to who you are what wh where you come from so what happens to all of that in the ecosystem of balance so bringing incorporating a few of all of those things have kind of helped me to um, you know maintain the balance just not within myself but within the the household and the ecosystems that I serve so that's going to be that that is very important um, realization and a conscious effort I don't think it comes easily it doesn't come without some you know uh, expectation settings with your family so having that clarity of conversations with your people whom um, you not only they're they're going to be very important for your growth and development so having that ability to speak and have those critical conversations it's not just about planning the vacations and planning the time off but it's about having some of the practices that define us yeah right yeah. and helping that that's going to be that kind of helps the system to create the balance so it's not just about you creating the balance for yourself but it's about the system creating the balance as well so that way I think it has really evolved and is evolving for me and also practices because you are uh, because of that spirituality there's always an element to staying calm putting that yeah. centering yeah. practices yeah. That yeah. Yeah. I don't call it as meditation I even sometimes may meditate with my eyes open and I don't really call I'm, I don't know whether meditation is the word to use for it but just finding those pockets to stop that constant chatter in the head and yeah. connecting to the wisdom of your soul I think um, that is that those practices during the day somewhere or the finding those pockets and I wouldn't even say I do it at this time or this particular time so whenever I find the time right I just do it and I think those kind of those uh, uh that clarity where you uh, yeah. those moments where you can get that clarity and also doing some of these things that um that 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 keeps your you and your ecosystem happy then eventually you feel a little lot you I don't know whether it's balanced but at least I can go to bed peacefully yeah <laughs> So I think it centers you and when you are and in a, in a way you're at peace and when you are at peace then you can look at everything and you know handle everything also easily and uh, yeah yeah I get that okay absolutely you know, the fact that Sangeeta I don't say that um, uh, that I've completed all my to-do list just by no, doing no. all of this my list has not come down for sure so that way it may look imbalanced but at least there is a sense of peace within you yeah 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 so tell us um, in the life so far that you've led, of course, you have miles to go. But if you were to look back today, what would you think has been your biggest achievement so far? I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, materialistic or anything. It could be something to do with, you know, your soul, with your inner self. It could be anything. 
Wonderful, wonderful. I think I kind of will take on from what you just asked or what you just said. So I believe every time I uh, take action, mm-hmm. when my inner voice is trying to stop me, mm. right? I believe I'm successful. So every time Great. I'm taking some action, which is kind of, uh, you know, so there are some voices that, that's from within me they speak up to say hey I mean this is uh, this could fail for instance I have two examples one is the way my company Global Coaching Lab was founded itself uh, Mm -hmm. was the fact that um, I was wanting to become a coach to help my um, husband set up his organization Tripura because he was just working and after a year I saw him losing bandwidth and I said look it's a sales organization and I have no background in sales I've always been in strategy and business so I have no understanding of sales so mm. what do I do to help him you know grow his business and then I said coaching seemed quite accessible I didn't know what coaching was then in 2010-11 time frame so I said mm-hmm. let, let, it seems accessible than the word consulting and training so let me become a certified coach to kind of you know help build the coaching practice so that was the intent but then I got into a program and that you know any coaching program requires you to get a stipulated number of coaching hours before you yeah, even yeah. Uh, the certification and then um, of course when I had to do that and I was just moved from Singapore to Gurgaon for a brief time mm-hmm. and uh, I was wondering how do I meet people and I didn't want to just tick the list using friends and family you wanted to really talk and have some meaningful conversations um, uh, and you know and enable transformation and then um, I was thinking for a while and of course Venkat was very busy he was traveling all over he didn't have the time to get the connections for me and then mm-hmm. I went into a on a Sunday afternoon, I went into a LinkedIn forum. I think it's called Coaching Zone or something. I don't quite remember the name now. But then mm-hmm. I went and put a post out there in the forum saying that, hey, look, um, uh, you know, I'm getting certified as an executive coach. And if there are others who are, you know, getting certified as coaches, we can coach each other to build a coaching practice. Because my intention to become a coach was to build a successful coaching practice for yes. the organization. Yes. And I said, if there are fellow coaches, why don't we coach each other to build a healthy practice? Hmm. And uh, then within a few days, I got a few responses. But but then after after a week, I had, you know, people reaching out from different parts of the world. I mean, from the US, from Poland and all over. I mean, I even had conversations from coaches in Madagascar at the time. So um, there were within a month, we had about 500 people in that network. All happened in a link forum and we were coaching each other and they were not just coaches more than half of them were managers having issues in organizations so and uh, this platform just became an opportunity for them to really enjoy some good pro bono coaching so that was um, how the origin of a uh, of of a practice started and it was and uh, then of course the coaching zone which is the forum that where we were doing all of this perhaps uh, you know felt the pressure of our conversation was the only thing that was happening there and then we said it doesn't look right so a group of us who had initially connected we said hey why not we start another LinkedIn forum mm-hmm. and uh, let's call it and we came up with the name global coaching lab so global coaching lab actually originated as a LinkedIn forum and, okay, uh, and okay. today, but the reason I'm saying this Sangeeta is the fact that 
at that time, I was my inner voice was obviously telling me that, hey, you're reaching out to people whom you don't know. And mm -hmm. how can you get a, how can you get certified as a coach uh, when, you know, you have to get certified within this time. But how if I hadn't done it, I wouldn't have reached out to so many yeah. people and it would it this would not be happening. So every time there is this inner voice that is uh, kind of putting me down and I, you know, take the initiative and effort to just get out of it I think I'm successful every time I do it and this happened in 2011 time frames uh, with the foundation for the with how this organization called Global Coaching Lab came into origin but um, I, if, if it's all right I like I have a, another story that I can just share here uh, Sangeeta yeah. which is which happened quite recently sometime last year and uh, you know it's an organization it's uh, we're, we're not like extremely big organizations that we have huge marketing budgets to spend so we kind of uh, want to keep uh, we 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 grow at a at a pace because we are a debt free organization we want to grow at a pace that is comfortable for all of us mm. but at the same time marketing becomes a very important aspect for any business growth as well right mm. so thinking about it and I was wondering and there was a little bit of battle within me hey what's it I mean you're 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 how do you move the organizations forward having you know crossed a decade with both of the companies I mean you have the each two you can grow more right yeah, and yeah. that's when um I kind of thought uh, about a very interesting and I was seeing this was also in the coming out of the pandemic everything people were kind of there was a lack of you know uh, or rather you you said in the very beginning of the conversation inspiration people had mm -hmm. forgotten that they could inspire themselves okay mm -hmm. speaking inspiration outside yeah. so and, uh, there was a, a interesting marketing campaign that we came out with which was called little me inspiring me wow. and uh, how does that little you there was something that you were young that has inspired you can you remember that and kind of bring back that inspiration into your lives so okay. uh, we of brought that campaign last year in January it was called little me inspiring me and within a few weeks I, there were about a million impressions in that wow. and so and and people from a lot of people from the Middle East or uh, you know the Saudi Arabia part they were contributing their stories to the campaign and that's when I realized oh look you don't marketing need not be really very fancy you could really get important things and messages out using the power of story and all you need to is get people together and then you could bring out some important beautiful messages and so um, that was also a time where I felt there were some voices putting me off you don't know all these things you don't know anything about marketing what are you going and doing there but mm -hmm. sometimes uh, you know just getting out of that inner voice is all that it takes right just just yeah, yeah, you yeah. know putting a earplug to it and just take, taking the drive that yeah. I that I think has given good success that I've personally seen and I think uh, that's a great opportunity for others to you know to imbibe yeah, as well absolutely listen to your voice listen to your instinct your gut you never know what comes up so yeah, on a day-to-day -day basis how do you motivate yourself? I mean, there are days when we are down and out and not feeling our, you know, usual energetic selves, you know, wanting to go out there with that drive and, you know, that motivation. So what do you do to get out of those blues? Correct, correct. I think one of the one of the basic things is I don't compromise on uh, taking care of my physical self because the body is the uh, foundation for anything that we want to do, right? Be it, uh, yeah. you know, the work that we want to achieve or the aspirations that we have. And even the fact, uh, 
your mind and the emotions are all housed within this particular body. So yes. I feel that I've never compromised on, um, you know, letting uh, me not taking care of the body. And I not only do this for myself, I kind of bring this out as is very important for even my team members, etc. So constantly working and I go a little bit, uh, a little notch ex uh, to one, take it one step further where mm -hmm. I uh, kind of uh, have instilled some punishments if I don't take care of my body. I would never have breakfast if I've not done my workout. So, okay. and my household knows even my help and she would remind me, you, you're not done your workout. So I, I, because I've empowered her to tell me that, mm -hmm. uh, that you can't compromise on not working out. So I don't have breakfast until I work out. And if I don't work, it, it, let's say it's nine o'clock, then my breakfast becomes 10. So I have made it a little bit harsh. I know it's a harsh uh, thing and you don't need to, but sometimes, um, you know, we can get easily carried away with work emails or some team calls right. and so like that in the morning. And in Singapore, we you know, you're uh, waking up ahead and you have your offices in India and everything. So you're already giving them instructions the moment you wake up seeing emails from the previous day and night. So you yeah. have high chances to not take care of your body. And um, so I, I do, I, I do every day, I mean, almost seven days, I don't let go of the seventh day as well, to do some form of a physical activity that kind of energizes me and uh, and and kind of keeps that uh, space for myself, right, where I can center myself. So that is something I don't compromise. And of course, I, um, I'm also very conscious about what we eat. That is one important aspect of, um, I, I remember in 2006, Sangeeta, my grandmother was visiting me in Singapore. And at that time we had just, it's about two, three, two years since we moved and she was visiting us for a summer break. And then um, she saw us eating leftovers, mm -hmm. uh, which is typically the culture, right? You, uh, you heat, you reheat and you eat. And then she said, uh, look, I don't think we... Uh, we had we we earned so much as you guys but we never ate like beggars and that kind of threw me <laughs> off and I made a promise to her that I'll have fresh meals all three times every day and that I think has played a very important aspect to the energy that I bring on board so you know that okay. conscious um, effort to plan to yeah. ensure that I don't eat a, a leftover meal. So that if you come to our house, there's no leftovers. So I uh, just ensure that we make fresh food all three times, of course, with the help of the support network that you yeah, yeah, can't definitely. afford um, to not have. But uh, having that, so that kind of keeps me planned and you need to be energetic to plan all three meals every day and so yeah, for, yeah. For, for all of us. So those are things that kind of um, are some things that I do on a regular basis that kind of builds that energy and drive within me. The yeah. other aspect, Sangeeta, when, I, when it comes to saying that, you know, you have a large vision. I mean, the vision that... Um, we have set for ourselves is to say touch and transform 100 million lives by 2025 and a billion lives by 2030. So wow. that's a large audacious vision you have. But you need to, uh, you know, with that large vision, you need to build in those my micro milestone meanings right so yeah. it could you you get that there is a large something but then you need to build meaning in every day that you do to keep yourself motivated to go towards that vision because otherwise the vision could be a little daunting it's very audacious and it's very daunting and you may see yourself you know sometimes just feel pressured because of it yeah uh, are you building like, those meanings 
breaking a large, a big target into small achievable targets. And that kind of motivates you. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. So what are the meaningful things that you do on in the path to that larger purpose, yeah, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. also very important to uh, balance. But all of this requires a lot of drive and energy. And one needs to be conscious about keeping one's uh, energy and uh, you know, time and all of that into, in, in, you know, taking that into account and just not fizzle away things. Sometimes we tend to, um, we need to be intentional as we want to achieve more as women. We need yeah, to become yeah. a little bit more intentional and deliberate and then not complain when we have not achieved it. And probably not the external world's problem. It's your problem, right? So you need to right. be intentional and you need to voice out your intentions and sometimes I've seen that just talking about it or even articulating it having the ability your vocabulary to articulate what is in your head to everybody around makes a very big difference because they can then you know keep you on track that's what I feel has really helped me Sangeeta. So Sripya tell us uh, where do you see yourself 10 years from now coaching dancing bit of bit of both or something else? I would I would think uh, as I uh, as I said earlier, it has to be integration for me. So I don't yeah. like uh, you know leaving things in pieces. I'd like to all uh, for things to come together. So one thing I uh, visualize is the fact that um, how do I bring some form of an integrated um, education and cultural foundation? That's okay. the vision. Uh, because so far what we're working with is obviously adults, professionals in the corporate world. That's where both uh, my work is on with people in those spaces. But mm. now uh, the uh, if you want to work with the future, it's going to be uh, like starting to work with them rather than finding issues in a maze that we work with leaders currently. I mean, how could you start working to build you know, future leaders with a with with higher consciousness and uh, with with greater awareness. So okay. those are uh, th those ideas are some things that are coming up now for me, Sangeeta. And I'm slowly putting a plan because obviously, without a plan, everything is just an idea going in the in your headspace, right? So, working to build a plan where the work that we're currently doing, how can it, um, you know, connect back to. Um, you know, creating an integrated and uh, experience for uh, future leaders, also okay. connecting with the cultural foundations that societies need to um, evolve with, not, uh, you know, evolve without. So okay. it's uh, how you do this uh, possibilities of the and where education for the future and culture play a very important aspect of, uh, you know, building future leaders. So that's a plan that we have. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of maybe a year down the road, I'll have more clarity because I'll be putting some thoughts to it in greater detail. But right now, the urge to create this is very strong. So I hope I'm able to create that, uh, you know, that drive that has brought me so far also helps me to, you know, to build that. Because I don't think uh, the vision to touch 100 million lives by 2025 and a billion lives by 2030 is just going to happen by working with adult professionals. It, mm -hmm. need, it has to work with the 
larger ambit of people and yeah. uh, and societies because um, you know being in Singapore I can I see I mean this is a blend of societies and cultures mm-hmm. and um, it plays a very important aspect for um, you know standing out differentiation uh, of human beings and their practices make a very big difference rather than trying to fit in so yeah, most yeah, what I see here is that either people you're able to stand out or you're you're trying to fit in and blend in into today's world and I don't know for what but mm-hmm. uh, so having the, um, having the ability to stand out through your cultural practices mm-hmm. and having an integrated education is what I believe can make a big transformation to the future and I'm I'm hoping that the drive that I have can you know carry me forward that way so that's that's where I see myself down the road I don't know it can be faster as well so I wouldn't put 10 years Sangeeta I don't know whether it can be in five as well or it can be in 15 I don't know but it's going to be happening down the road I'm sure it'll happen if you manifest it yes I'm a strong believer of that if you put it out there it will happen yeah absolutely absolutely thank you welcome so tell me Shripya as a woman Certain Mm -hmm. things life must have taught you, you know, how Mm -hmm. you have done certain things or not done. So could you share some of those with us? And those could be, you know, certain uh, like pieces of advice for young girls as well, who are on the threshold of, you know, getting into their professional or personal lives. So you could, you know, just kind of combine that experience, those lessons of yours as, you know, advice for these young girls. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. I mean, one of the the few things that have that stand out for me in my um, as learnings, Sangeeta, mm-hmm. uh, especially in this when uh, after find, uh, founding these two organizations and being part of the growth journey here, mm-hmm. I find uh, that uh, what I've learned is um, there's no place for um, aggression. There's no place for assertiveness also because if, if, being a woman, um, even if you're assertive, you you're anyways termed aggressive. So mm-hmm. I believe that inspiration has no gender. So mm-hmm. I, I've i learned that, you know, at any point in time, learn to be more inspirational. It's not about being assertive or being aggressive or, uh, you know, just not speaking up and being passive. So I've left all of that to one side and saying every opportunity, um, learn to be inspired, inspirational to the other, to people around and to yourself, right? So that's been one important lesson that I've learned. I've let go of those other words. And then the other aspect that I've learned is all about don't, uh, you know, wait for magicians to come. You become the magician. Wow. Right. So you keep waiting for that, you know, somebody else to come and, you know, wait for you and be that person. So you be the magician for yourself and for people around at every opportunity possible. And that's something that um, undoubtedly has uh, put me in good stead. Mm -hmm. And, the other thing is, especially when I'm building teams and wanting to grow the business from just, you know, a small team to a larger team. And when we're working across geographies, um, you know, that passion shouldn't become command and control. Okay. Um, accountability uh, com- accountability is absolutely important as we build the build uh, your our ecosystems but it needs to have a certain other principles um, one of course I wouldn't I mean compassion being one of them I wouldn't say it has to be all compassionate but compassion along with inclusion you know getting yeah, people yeah. and their voices into the accountability is very important especially that has been a very very big lesson and learning for me okay. and 
the other important aspect is um, I've seen this, uh, you know, I'm a person with uh, with divergent thinking. So I never like to bring structure. So I'm always all about, um, you know, thinking of multiple different ideas, multiple different swim lanes. So I'll never be happy just doing one all the time. So uh, for me, yes. it's uh, even while looking at different aspects of growth doesn't come just doing one or two things. So divergent thinking is what dictates me. But then I've learned that without convergence, convergent actions, progress cannot happen. Divergent thinking is important, but convergent actions are equally essential to for progress to happen. So those have been my biggest learnings, uh, if I have to call as what I've learned establishing these uh, these organizations, uh, Sangeeta. And mm-hmm. for, uh, for your other question, which is all about, um, you know, what is the advice for young girls on the threshold, uh, uh, you know, to get a uh, threshold of their working lives? That was another question you had. Mm-hmm. So there are three things that um, that I'd like to put out as uh, from my own learnings is the word conative intelligence. Uh, because uh, uh, in what I said earlier, you need to have the inner drive. Yeah. Um, you know, you shouldn't forget that you can inspire and you have the inner drive to create excellence that people always talk about cognitive intelligence and emotional intelligence, but they forget to talk about cognitive intelligence. It's the, it's the drive within every individual that helps them to do or not to do, right? So it's yeah. that ability, the volition to do, and you need to build that consciously and do practices that helps you to build that energy and drive to achieve things. Okay. The other aspect for is the clarity of purpose. So, uh, you know, uh, it's always important to have a vision statement for yourself Mm. and, uh, 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 you know, and create that vision that is, um, uh, that, that is inclusive and that's humble. So having a strong vision statement, but coupling that with uh, being humble and inclusive is a very important aspect. And that's when the purpose is fully clear. And I think that's very important aspect for people to have that vision. And the other thing is always what I keep saying is don't forget your roots and culture because uh, including that in your future can help you differentiate yourself. So I think that's those those are three messages that I want to share to the young girls. Thank you. That's actually excellent. I mean, I really like the thought, of course, you, you know, you keep yourself grounded with your culture. So that is your roots. And then, of course, you use your wings to fly, but don't forget where you came from. And yes, it's yes. not always about being assertive and aggressive, inspiring. And yes, you know, these are different ways of looking at the same thing. Yes. And I think this is something we need to understand because I, I just feel that youth sometimes, you know, um, maybe it is the age or something that, you know, you tend to become a little more aggressive than required. You react rather than respond to situations. So those are things which, you know, you of course, they come with age. But if we could share some of our learnings and hope, you know, that those get picked up by the young girls. So, yeah. All right. So you've been, of course, a successful woman, a woman who has followed her dream, her passion. Of course, you're still following and, you know, you're doing what you want to do and what what you've always wanted to do. How does the world look at women who do this, who are able to, you know, be independent in every respect, in the sense, financially, emotionally, make a mark for themselves? How does the world react to women, such women? I think uh, there's a quote that I'm reminded of with your question it says we get relegated to how we sound. 
So, okay. I mean, I believe, uh, you know, it's uh, in the way we position ourselves, we, yeah. the world regards us in that same manner. So, um, what, uh, so I've, I've always believed that if you are able to have the ability to, uh, you know, to speak, to communicate, to articulate effectively and to, and to bring a sense of, um, you know, connection to people around where what to wherever you are and mm-hmm. whichever uh, you know ecosystem you're part of I think uh, the world will obviously nobody does not want to be part of a success everybody wants to be part yeah, of success yeah, yeah. so you want to and if your success is obviously Machiavelli and for yourself then you're going nowhere so mm-hmm. that's where that learning to build that consensus, having the ability to, uh, what do I call, uh, especially in the professional world, learning to play constructive politics. Okay. It's going to be a very important aspect for women. Um, and that's how I have personally seen myself, um, you know, when I'm when I'm in the middle of, you know, people around me, how mm-hmm. they regard me comes from how I want them to regard me and second is how do I build the net you know weave that tapestry around all of them because my success is not without them so that way I feel that the world obviously has been very encouraging to me when I've done this I have not come to this conclusion without having some tough learnings so um, I I have felt isolated and I have also done some mistakes but I just feel that it comes with maturity but uh, having ability to um, believe that hey uh, you know if you want to be a victim then you can be you will be regarded as a victim but if you want yourself to be you know a success people will want to be part of success as nobody uh, it doesn't have to be man or women I think we everybody wants to attach themselves to something very successful and if the success is also inclusive of them then why not be that women who can build that inclusive success right so that's a learning that has come with uh, but of course I'm grateful that the learnings has come with some costs but I'm happy today with with the learnings that's the journey and I think those costs make you who you are and as you very rightly said we've got to you know teach people how to treat us and it has to start with how we treat ourselves yeah so now just moving away from this a little bit and um, so around us now we see a lot of people doing different things picking up careers which were unheard of in the times when we grew up or even those people who were doing you know those regular following regular careers like a doctor or a lawyer or a CA now shifting gears and doing different things so people are taking to writing to hiking to gardening how is this happening how is this shift in mindset and what do you have to say about it I think um, one um, why it is happening I think of course there is a a greater sense of uh, awareness and a greater sense of choice, right? With at yeah, least yeah, people yeah. who are, you know, the power, I would say choice is power today, right? So having choice is power. And I think given that that power has increased within every individual, I think people are willing to go ahead, experiment and find yeah. that thing. I'm calling that thing in, a, in, cap, in caps because that thing is, you have the power <laughs> choice to go and experiment and I think that's what is creating this but 
I, I'm also seeing that there is a, a lot of greater collective consciousness. I think voices, people, movements and voices, I think are, are kind of encouraging people to tap into that space. And um, I would, I, I also think there are a lot of role models out there that I can yeah. see in the social world who are also more, I mean, social world is just one part of it, but I see a lot of role models coming up, talking about, you know, taking that time to figure, figure to create that meaning. And we spoke about purpose and uh, earlier in our conversation, I think finding that meaning is very important in the journey to the larger purpose, because if you don't can have meaningful things to do, then that purpose looks very it looks like somebody else's purpose so you need to connect the dots well and I think that's why people are able to um, you know take that choice or or rather you know and enjoy that choice and try and look at different things that can help them you know create a holistic uh, you know life or a holistic personality at the end of uh, end of their journey and call themselves as fulfilled individuals but yeah. I think it's not as easy as what we are talking here. I think it comes at a certain cost because it needs to happen in a more, uh, more, more, more integrated manner. Because mm -hmm. it's not just about going and experimenting in a random mm, manner. So I, mm. Yeah. So I think having that congruence is very important. Having that mind, body, uh, you know, heart and soul congruence is very important while you do all of this. So when your experimentation, if you're not, if you're going to let go of one part of that, which is, let's say, I'm going to let go of body, then what happens? There's never going to be that congruence. Although you may be, you know, experimenting and, in, you know, enjoying your choices to go and experiment and build on different experiences to, uh, you know, then build your careers or build your lives but mm -hmm. having a sense of congruence to the entire journey as the unnegotiable foundation is going yeah. to be a very important aspect for all this um, you know the experimentation that we see around that people are um, you know shifting gears and taking these but I think it's uh, it, it's a it's it, it's it's going to be a great uh, opportunity for the entire the set of people who are evolving right because they're going to they're going to find they're going to be able to connect to a whole set of experiences that can help them perhaps tackle the complexities the world has to throw i mean yeah. they are ready they're adaptable so i think uh, uh, this this world whatever we call wuka has become bani and all of those words uh, the acronyms that we're talking about these days i think they're more ready to go and experiment and i think that's the plus point that they have but if they are able to do it with um, a sense of deep connectedness at the base as the foundation yeah. i think yeah. then all of what they're doing can lead to great results absolutely and i think make them more wholesome more fulfilled and you know right. when you kind of you know by switching to something different you're exploring another side of your personality so that can you know add on to it and make it uh, enrich it you know in that sense all right so my last question which i ask every woman no matter where she comes from what her background they say mm -hmm. A woman can have it all. So mm -hmm. do you think so? Can a woman have it all? I think uh, the answer can be an S, but it, uh, with a but. Yes. <laughs> Um, and I think there's a this quote by Sun Tzu, right? That I'm kind of re uh, that I that I often recall myself. It says, um, "We will know when to fight and not to fight." 
Yes. Right. So yes. when you yes. uh, so so there is a there's a big war to be won. And if you're going to be, you know, focusing on all the small battles, then you're never going to be able to focus on the war, which yes. is the right. ultimate, which is where you want to. So you need to know where to spend your time and where no not battles. to spend time and energy on. And mm. when you are able to have that level of maturity, then I think we can have it all from I would say from not from a very theoretical sense, but from a more holistic sense of who you are. So if you know where to focus, where, I mean, forget all the unnecessary things that don't add value and meaning to your lives and to the vision that you have, and you are able to create that focus, then I think we can have it all. But when if you don't do it, then we're going to be forever being, you know, pressed for things. And then we'll never feel that we can have it all. But Mm -hmm. it's most important to take support and build a team especially in the professional world we need to take support and build a team to to really say I have it all so choosing where to focus and uh, you know being at it in a in a in a nice way being kind to yourself being nice having that enjoying that space and then moving forward with people around I think then uh, we can proudly say we can have it all but if you don't do some of those essential things that that can help you in this path then i think it's uh, it's going to be no as an answer but uh, but we yeah. all, but yes we can have it all is what i'm uh, what i'm hoping sangeeta yes i actually believe and of course i as a woman should have the liberty to decide what my all is and then of course like you said you know we pick your battles make your choices know what you want then that is how. So the the definition of all depends on you largely. What is it that you want? And how much are you willing to, you know, go for it? And of course, like I said, the choice has to be yours, definitely. So thank you very much. It was indeed a very, very enlightening conversation. And especially that bit that you said about divergent thinking and convergent actions. I mean, I am someone who's guilty of that. I love doing different things, but then ultimately I feel that it has to converge. The actions have to converge. Otherwise you will be all over the place and will not be able to make any progress anywhere whatsoever. So that I think was a very, very important takeaway. So, um, Thank you very much for being on the show. It was a pleasure. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely, Sangeeta. It was really, I, I think it was really good connecting the dots. Sometimes you're just moving on through the day and you're, you're feeling like you're in the spin, right? But it's good that we've got this reflective pause for about an hour and yes. uh, glad we could benefit others. But I just have one important uh, uh, thing that kind of comes up to my mind right now is to mm. say uh, it's very important for women to at no matter what you may have a PhD in communication but go back and you know pick you know keep working on it because sometimes we just need to work on it to articulate better even like if I need to know what I want and which battles to focus on I need to be able to communicate that yes. so yes. You, know, you definitely constantly working on that is going to be a very very important aspect for our growth I agree I agree absolutely yes. thank, thank you. you thank you so much thank you thank you all right thank you for listening to this podcast Tune in every Thursday for some more inspiring conversations with Women Trailblazers. If you like the show, follow us and you could leave a review to help us get better. You could even get in touch with us on any one of our social media handles.